We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. We're talking the Pro Bowl, the Packers wide receiver core, and then running through Super Bowl props on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome on into Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. I am joined as always by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, Mr. Matthew Friedman. What's going on, Matt? Uh, not much. It is Super Bowl week, uh, or as I like to think of it, the week after the Pro Bowl. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, very exciting, except yes. for the cold. Is it super cold where you are? It's freezing where I am. It's going to um, be in the negatives. Okay, it's actually not that cold. I think it, like when I woke up today, it was 15. I'm assuming I actually was never outside really. So I think it probably got into the 20s, which is actually like not too uh, bad. It's over the next couple of days, it's going to uh, peak at like negative 15 and it's wow. going to feel like negative 60. Like I didn't, it's, it's I did crazy. not know it got this cold in Iowa. No, it, it's not supposed to. This is like a, an aberration. Actually, I'm pulling up, um, but yeah, I didn't. Well, I actually, I guess you're under Minnesota though, right? So it should yeah. actually, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I think compared to New Hampshire, we're probably up a little bit, but yeah, I can see how it would actually get colder there than I expected. Yeah, frigid. But other than that, pretty good. All right. Well, that, that that's good. So uh, yeah, as you said, it's Super Bowl week here. So we're going to be a little bit lighter on the actual like fantasy content this week. Just wanted to take some fun, kind of talk through some Super Bowl props and whatnot. Uh, but before we get into that, I made a huge mistake this morning, Matt. Uh, just this morning. Yeah. Go, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what, well, what generally, happened? yeah, generally getting out of bed is, is a mistake for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, um, so for Christmas, my parents gave me a very nice beard trimmer 
uh, razor, you know, like a do all tool yeah. for the beard. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a little overzealous with it this morning and Uh-oh. went in too far on the right side. So I tried uh-huh. to correct on the left side, did went a little too far on that side. Before I knew it, I had about an inch of beard left and it was time to just shave the whole thing off. So the beard that I had uh, that I think going back to 2012, this beard was on my face. It is no longer there, so I'm feeling like a little, little off today. I mean, you didn't at least like keep a keep a goatee, or you know what I mean, like. No, you there didn't, was you didn't, yeah, no, no, completely, completely gone. Uh, so my daughter has never seen me without a beard. So oh. this morning she was actually like a little confused. Yeah, I've I've literally never seen my dad without a mustache. Oh, my really? mom, my mom has never seen my dad without a mustache. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's had that thing since the 60s. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's he's devoted to that thing. Wow. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to have to make You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to match that. That would mean So what how old of a gentleman is your father these days? Uh I mean, he's not ancient, but I mean, he's he's, you know, he's old. He old, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I have the fortitude to make it that long uh with one particular beard we'll see how that goes yeah. anyway i did not uh, full disclosure here i did not watch the pro bowl i was working on some stuff uh i thought that at some point i might try to watch like a replay of it but that has not happened did you watch it and uh what are your thoughts on the pro bowl no i would never actually watch the pro bowl um because you could be accomplishing something with that time uh <laughs> that said right. i was following it on uh you know, just like in the, uh, this is a nice natural transition, uh, or plug rather, uh, in the Action Network app, uh, I was following it a little bit in there, uh, <laughs> and, you know, just kind of seeing, uh, you know, general things that were happening. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of the Pro Bowl. I do like kind of like all star slash exhibition games. Um, I think the NBA does it really well. Uh, even if there's like no defense played, like it's still super exciting. Um, the NFL, I don't think does it all that well, but I still like the idea of it. And I actually, I like the existence of it because like, I, I'll just flat out say I did not have a good, uh, prop betting week last week, but I hammered the under on, on the pro bowl, which, uh, ended up, I wouldn't say that like saved my week. But it definitely, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to sound like uh, the creepy guy from Game of Thrones. It mitigated my losses. Um, so, anyway, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the Pro Bowl, like, it's fun to break down. It's such a random event, like, all the different rules that they have. Like, um, like the defense has to play 4-3 all the time. Uh, they can't blitz. Um, they have to have at least, no, they have to have only four cornerbacks. Sorry four defensive backs on the field at one time. So that means that you have a tight end uh, who is either going against uh, a safety with no safety left to help, or he's going against a linebacker. So like for people who just don't know these random things, and if they happen to be degenerate enough to play like a DFS late on it, like, and there's almost no running in the game. So, like, they might play, like, a running back because it's like, oh, that's the smart thing that you should do during any other DFS slate. But right. these are, like, very pass-happy games. Um, no quarterback plays more than, like, a third of the game, really. So, like, there are all of these different things that uh, I think make the game interesting. 
uh, and exploitable. Um, and like the rules that have been instituted over the past like half decade, uh, and, and the way that, uh, teams generally approach the game as if it's an exhibition and no one really wants to try hard or get injured or anything like that. Like that makes the game really flow to the under. Um, so anyway, it's, I think it's fascinating, but I definitely wouldn't, uh, watch it <laughs> ever, but I did watch the highlights after cause I just kind of wanted to see, cause it's like, Oh, Jalen Ramsey scored a receiving touchdown with like six seconds left of like, Oh, of course he did. Like that's just how, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, the, the two point conversion attempt after that was, a uh, a, a jump ball to Derwin James, you know, and you have Mike Evans playing defense and Alvin Kamara rushing the passer. It's like so random. Um, you know, like you can't help but bet the under on something like that. So anyway, it's, uh, it's an interesting exhibition. I'm glad it exists. Uh, I would, I would almost maybe rather go to it in person as opposed to like watch it. Um, but I would have to be with a lot of other people and we'd have to be betting on it and we would have to be, uh, probably intoxicated <laughs> or something like that. But, Cause it's, it's not anything like a real football game. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I definitely think it's fun. I, I think that they'd almost be better off just like really embracing the fun aspect of it and maybe doing things to like change the game up even more, like make it like NBA Jam and have like hot spots on the field and stuff. And <clears throat> I don't know. The, the listen to this. The, um, I'm not going to have the exact numbers because I just don't remember. But so on field goal attempts, the width of the goalpost is normal. But on uh, extra point attempts, they narrow the goalpost. Like that is so random. There are yeah. all of these little random things like this. Oh, um, the uh, possession changes at the end of each quarter and not like at halftime. You know, like it's just all of these little rules that make it, I think, really interesting, like and, and yeah, exploitable is. for people who play DFS. Um, like the I think there was a GPP where the winning lineup. And so this is showdown. So six, six slots. The winning lineup was literally four tight ends and two defenses. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah that, anyway. That's pretty fun, actually, I guess. So, yeah. All right. Any, anything else on the on the Pro Bowl before we move on? <laughs> no. Okay. I, mean, I can't believe I, I probably wasted a solid seven minutes talking about the Pro Bowl. Um, and no one should ever be as interested in it as I am. Like I'm, I'm uh, a little disappointed that sports books don't release uh, player props for the Pro Bowl, but I totally understand why they don't. But uh, I would love to bet those. Yeah, that would be <laughs> – I would love to get your breakdown on some of those. But we are going to talk about some props later on. Although, yes, definitely can understand why sports books would not be doing those. Yeah. Uh, quick reminder here, uh, that 30% listener-only discount to your Rotoviz NFL subscription is still on the table. Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast to make use of that offer. So while the game was on, I started working on some things. One of the things that I'm going to be working on heavily in the next couple of weeks is running through each team and assessing their free agent situation. The first team that I started with is the Green Bay Packers because I think that there could be some interesting developments there. Now, the thing that I want to kind of focus on here with you, Matt, is that receiving core. Uh, it seems like it's very likely that Jimmy Graham gets cut Given the yeah. cap space that that would save, the fact that he did not really work out for them. And I think this is a team that needs to really establish a second option in the passing game for Aaron Rodgers to work alongside Devontae Adams. Randall Cobb, 
will be a free agent. Of the whole free agent pool, he is coming off of the most lucrative contract. I don't know if Cobb would take a cut to stay with the team, but I think it seems unlikely that he returns. Geronimo Allison, also a free agent for the team, obviously coming at a much cheaper price. So before we talk about some of the names that it could be, I just want to get your sense on, is this wide receiver two role in Green Bay as exciting now as it may have been a couple years back? That's a good question. I think so. Um, But I don't think it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be inherited just by one person. Um, and I, you know, so I think it's going to be watered down. So if you had someone who is talented enough to, uh, seize all of the, the target share that used to go to the wide receiver too, then I think it would, it would be a really good situation. I just don't know one, if they're going to, uh, sign anyone who is talented enough really to take all of that target share. Uh, and then two, if they don't sign someone, uh, I don't see one of the three rookies that they drafted last year stepping up to really be the full-on wide receiver two that we have grown accustomed to in Green Bay. For sure. Uh, and Valdez Scantling was kind of by default, the in terms of target share, air yards, and what have you, the um, wide receiver two for them last season of course yeah. you know Cobb was a little banged up Allison got hurt uh you know missed the second half of the season I believe so as far as players that they could bring in go the biggest name of wide receiver free agents is going to be Golden Tate now it's possible they could make a play for him I would like to see that I don't know if that's going to happen if you move away from him there's guys like Adam Humphreys uh Cole Beasley Chris Hogan Philip Dorsett, Dante Moncrief, you know, there's yeah. names like that out there. I don't know if any of those guys are going to make as big of a splash as a player like Tate would. I can imagine if they were to sign Beasley, I can see, you know, him getting talk about filling in that kind of role that Cobb had in the slot. Do any of those names stand out to you as guys that would be good fits for that system? Uh, I mean, Tate is obviously the most interesting, but I believe he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point or getting pretty close yeah, he's to actually, it. He's 30 currently. I believe that yeah. by the time the season starts, he'll be 31. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think he's older than most people kind of think he is. Um, so like there could be like, he's older than Randall Cobb, you know? Yeah. So, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's, I think he's a good player and I think what he did in Detroit was undervalued both by like the organization itself and by fantasy players. Um, but I think, you know, the end could come for him some point, like within that first contract that he signs with green Bay. So I wouldn't be too excited about him. Honestly, I guess the guy I'm maybe most excited about, and this is irrational, but is Jake Kumaro who's like with the team, but yeah. like, I mean, well, actually he, he's a, he's a free agent. He is. Kumaro is a free agent. He is. Yes. Now, I mean, obviously uh, they, they, so yeah. it, it's hard to determine exactly what they're going to do. I mean, I could see them bringing him back for depth because that's going to be a pretty- He's an exclusive you know, rights free agent. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So that they basically still have him. Um, he's the guy who intrigues me the most. Um, just, you know, he was very productive in college. He's flashed in the preseason. He has good athleticism, good size. Um, I don't know. I think he's actually the most skilled of all the guys that they have, except for obviously like Devonte Adams. But out of all the guys behind him, he's the one who's most interesting. 
Really? That uh, that's that's interesting. I think that that's a name probably a lot of people haven't heard tossed around. So you like him more than the guys that we did see get some action this year in MVS, Equinemius, St. Brown. I don't think we really saw much of Jamon Moore though. Yeah. Um I was uh heartbroken is too much uh, to say, but uh really disappointed when he was injured in the preseason. Um and then, you know, he came back, really didn't have much of an opportunity to play, but like he he produced when he was out there. Um, yeah, I think he's, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't have much, uh, interest in the other guys, but like, I don't know. Uh, I like the guys who are, who are like super productive in college and probably have real no chance of breaking out, but, um, I don't know. He's, he's the most, I, I think he has the most upside of all the guys. Uh, I actually find this this pretty funny because yes, a- as I start to look more at the at the profiler, uh, I'm actually at player profiler right now. Well, uh, it certainly fits into the uh, Friedman ethos, if you will. Yeah, well, who's his closest comp? Don't uh, don't even tell me. Is, who is it? I don't. Is it Adam Thielen? No, 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 no. It's David Nelson. Who I got to be yeah. honest, like I I do not know any of the profile really on him. Uh, the thing that stands out to me here, though, as I'm looking, um. Pretty slow on the 40-yard dash, weak speed score, no real burst, not really any agility to talk about. The catch radius is pretty weak. College dominator, though, 80th percentile. College yards per reception, 80th percentile. Those are some things that get the juices flowing for Matthew Friedman. This is – I need to look more at these numbers. I think some of these numbers are wrong. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have I, to bring on matt kelly to uh talk about this see okay remember kelly adds i, I mean i he adds right. the, the 0.05 to the 40 yard dash yep um anyway it's i mean we don't have to talk about this I, i'm probably way off on kumaro but uh he's he's intriguing to me okay well when we when we reconnect you guys to uh argue about uh mike evans versus uh what was it that he was he was Chris Stupidly, Godwin, right. Chris Godwin, and, and I, I have to say, like, I like Chris Godwin, but uh, I think Mike Evans clearly won that that little battle there. Yeah, I think so. So I, I'm looking forward to when we get him on at some point. Uh, I, I know we had originally said I think that you know maybe that would be your last uh, interaction with him, but the people are demanding it, so he's going to come back on. All right. Well, I might be sick for that show. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so that's really all I wanted to cover. Uh, on the fantasy side of things for the Packers right now. I mean, I do think though that uh, if LaFleur comes in and recognizes that they have a tremendous back, I think in Aaron Jones, that they can make some other things happen. They cut Jimmy Graham. I mean, I do think that this is an offense that we could see start to kind of put things together. It's interesting. uh, I buy that. And I mean, yeah, they need to get rid of Jimmy Graham. Here's a question. Who is out of the league first? Uh, and like out of the league on a, like a real basis, like a permanent basis, Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski. Mm, probably Gronk. Yeah, maybe it's like, I think Graham has maybe played his last snap, but like maybe this, this Super Bowl we'll see yeah. Gronk's last snap. I don't know. So, well, yeah. the thing with Gronk is, I mean, I think it's easy to, if you haven't been following the team to look at the numbers and 
maybe conclude that, you know, he doesn't really have it. Uh, but that's not really telling you the whole story. Uh, as I'm sure a lot of people may have noticed in the playoff games, his blocking has been tremendous. And I think that's been one of his huge pieces of his game for a number of years that's gone underappreciated with the amount of receiving production he put up. But he's still blocking really well. Uh, but it does seem, you know, his body has taken such a beating over the years. He has a lot of other opportunity outside of football, so it will be interesting to see what he does, although most of the reports are looking like um, it's a very, very realistic possibility that the Super Bowl is his last game. So anyway, moving along, let's get to some of these Super Bowl props. Let's just start off by uh, getting your prediction for the game, Matt. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on anything yet. I'm still really thinking about this. So here's my situation. Uh, I have futures tickets on the Patriots. Um, not <laughs> a huge amount, um, but like enough to kind of make me think about it. Um, you know, whether I just kind of want to sit this one out and let those tickets ride, or if I want to add to the position, or if I want to kind of use that, uh, and I wouldn't even say hedge against this, but uh, like use that to kind of cover uh, a position I would take on the Rams. So, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of not entirely sure about what I want to do. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't, that was an answer politician. I, well, no, I mean, cause I'm still like really thinking about like, okay. You're still really thinking yeah, about Yeah. So okay. here's, here's the situation. The Rams opened and we talked about this on the last show. The Rams opened as one yep. point favorites and it immediately got bet to the Patriots. Um, the books are still sitting at two and a half. And they are taking just Patriots money. And at some point, you have to think that that capitulates. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. On, on the Favorites podcast with uh, Chad Millman and Bob Scucci, Scooch said, like, you know, we ran the numbers. Like, we think the Rams should be one-point favorites. Um, at Action Network, Sean Corner does our uh, – he does our power rankings. Uh, he thinks the Rams should be one-point favorites. The fact that Vegas hasn't moved this line to three yet – and that they are seemingly comfortable taking all Patriots money. Like that's, that's pretty significant. Like that means that they really have to feel that the Rams are the better team. Um, so like just reading the market, it really makes me want to take the Rams. And if this line goes to plus three, like I will probably bet the Rams. Yeah. Now, that brings me to something I actually had made a mental note that I wanted to ask you about. I heard somebody talking on the radio, talk, uh, say, basically saying, and then this was this was back last week, closer to uh, when we knew that it was going to be Pat's Rams in the Super Bowl, and they were talking about how everybody was betting on the Patriots, and they were saying that that's normally not a good sign. But I was kind of thinking in my head, it's probably a worse sign if everybody's betting on the team that it seems like Vegas would want them to. So it kind of seems like that's the situation that we're in. Um, but in their original thought of if everybody's betting on one team, that's not a good sign for that team. Do you think that's true? Or is it really more nuanced than that? It's normally not a good sign. Um, if everyone is on, is on a team and especially if, um, if the bookmakers seem content to just take all of the money on that team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, if the bookmakers ultimately are, are betting instead of just sort of like making a market where 50% is on one side, 50% is on the other. But if they're literally at this point betting that the other side is going to win based on the amount of money that they are taking, like you should look at the side that Vegas is betting on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So this is kind of troubling. All right. So you're still a little undecided. Let's talk about the over-under, though. What's your feeling? Uh, I'm I'm on the under. I've I've already bet the under. Um, but I, I could see how it goes over and, you know, I'll probably be wrong. Uh, I was wrong about, you know, the arrowhead under, um, you know, the, I mean, the, the Patriots hit the over last year in the Super Bowl. Um, their offense has really come alive, uh, in, in their past four games. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, it opened at 59, but it got bet down really quickly. I don't think many people got it at 59. I got it at 57 and a half. Um, mm. so, Anyway, we will we will see, but I, I bet the under. I think that if I were placing a wager on this, I would probably go with the under. I don't really see this being one of those games that's like uh, really high scoring the whole way through. I expect a couple of scores to start, then maybe a bit of a lull, and then some scoring at the end. Can I? Okay, uh, this is a transition to something that uh, I I'm interested in getting your feedback on this. Yeah, um, it's it the futures for Super Bowl MVP. Um, I'm writing a piece. It's, you know, it's relatively short, but, uh, I think Greg Zerline is a legit option to win MVP. And you can find him at most books at plus 8,000 to plus 8,500. But there is one book, and I don't want to say it, but there's one book out there where he's <laughs> 12,500. And I, I have bet that not a lot on it, but I've bet it because like here's, you have to think about like, what is the, um, what are the circumstances under which a kicker for the first time in Super Bowl history could win the MVP? And like my thoughts are, okay, a game that is low scoring. And I think we could have that with the Rams uh, looking to run the ball, the Patriots looking to run the ball, both defenses sort of having like this bend, but don't break um, with production being spread around to a lot of skill position players. And I think we could see that with both of these teams. Um, and if you have, uh, a coach who has a willingness to let his kicker, wherever they are basically on the field to let his kicker kick like McVeigh, even if they're close to the goal line, he's shown that he is fine taking the points. Uh, you know, if they're 40, 50, 60 yards away, he's fine with letting Zerline go out there and take his shot. And like Zerline, like if you look at who was the MVP of the NFC championship game, it was probably Greg Zerline, you know, like he kicked a 58 yarder to get it to overtime. And then he kicked a 57 yarder to win it in overtime. Like that's that those are like maybe two of the best, like five kicks in postseason history. You know what I mean? And like, I think there's a legit chance that if Zerline, he gets like four field goals in a game, which isn't unreasonable considering that the Rams have attempted more field goals over the past two years than any other team. Like if Zerline gets four field goals, if it's a low scoring game, if none of the offensive players really stand out, and if a couple of those are long and one of them is a game winner, like he's got a decent chance of, of being the MVP. So like I'm I'm taking that. I'm not betting a lot on it, but like that is a narrative that like I legit could see happening. Like more than one out of a hundred times. Well, I guess so. These are my thoughts. I, well, yeah, I guess so. Because I think that there's a very high likely 
that are very high likelihood that this game could come down to a field yeah. goal winning it, maybe even like a last second type of field goal. And then beyond that too, I think that McVeigh's the type of coach it's possible. Maybe you get like a fake field goal attempt and he throws for a, a touchdown or something like that. Maybe. I mean, I think if anyone's throwing the touchdown, it's going to be Hacker. I think Hacker's the holder. No, 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 no. But see, this is this is why it's going to be some. Well, okay, yeah. I guess I'm trying to make too big of a narrative, and we have seen Hacker do it. But uh, I don't know. Is something crazy could happen? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the Rams do have one of the best special teams units in the league. All right, all right. He all right. How about this? He doesn't throw the touchdown. He receives the touchdown. That's pass. that's possible. I mean, okay, yeah, there that, we go. I mean, yeah, that, that's possible. I mean, I, but even even <laughs> if all he does is just go out there and it's like, oh, uh, low scoring game. I made four field goals. Yeah, two of them were long. One of them was the game winner. Like I could see it happening. Yeah, no, that's actually a um a good way to kind of diversify your betting and and try to get a really huge return. So I actually kind of like that one. Yeah, I mean, my so my thinking about this is that um. Like, it all kind of depends what you want to use the Super Bowl for. Like, if you want to use it as another game to, like, grind your bankroll, um, then I think you approach it pretty much the way you would any other any other single game, um, except there are many more props to sort through, so maybe you invest a little bit more in it. But if you're looking to have fun, um, or maybe kind of like a combination of both, um, then I think you probably want to invest in some long shots that like, you know, you could sort of see it happening. Not like you want to go yeah. crazy with anything, but you know, I mean, if you think it's going to be like a big, uh, Patriots running game, uh, then yeah, I mean, maybe you put some on Michelle to have like over 120 yards and, you know, you can get plus 194 odds on something like that. You know, maybe you kind of take some more long shots. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Um, kind of related thought here. Um, but so back in middle school and high school, I would act- I would have a Super Bowl party. Back then I did watch sports with other people. And anyway, <laughs> what we did that always made it really fun was... Um, we would, I I would collect from all different places, like a bunch of like fun, like Super Bowl type of props. And you'd have everybody that come do 15 and you'd have some type of tiebreaker, which was normally, you know, who can get closest to the score. So it includes stuff like, uh, you know, which team will win the coin toss and like, you know, random things, some things related to the game, which player will score first. And my dad would give whoever won, um, a hundred bucks, which made it a lot of fun. So if you're having a Super Bowl party, that is a way that you can get a lot of engagement, especially if you're in a place where, you know, you don't have either team. In yeah, the game. I should say, if you don't mind my plugging. Yep. Um, the Action Network has a prop sheet uh, that you can download for that exact purpose. So uh, yeah, there you go. So definitely do that. 
Uh, and I'm I'm also going to extend this. And, and so my dad is the opposite of a sports fan. Um, he often questions why I'm spending so much time working on all of these things when I could be doing this for the stock market, to which I reply, I think that this is a much easier game for me to, uh, <laughs> to analyze than the stock yeah. market. But anyway, so when my brother was, my, so my brother's eight years older, not that that matters, but anyway, he was having a Super Bowl party one time and I kid you not, he's in his chair in our family room. There's like 17, 18 high school kids there. And my dad is sitting in his chair reading a woman's home journal. I mean, you do what you got to do. He's maximizing ah, his time. Oh my gosh. So he's sitting there. He he would always have this this big pile of magazines. And I'm like, dude, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Could we maybe like one time put the, the woman's home journal away? It was just, I don't know. A very odd thing. I mean, anyway, it, it back to- It could have been, you know, so- I mean, a National Geographic or a New Yorker or something. Yes. I mean, right. It, it, yeah. I'd like to see something a little- The Economist. You know, a little more- yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, what is he possibly gaining that's enriching? Because he'll always talk to my brother and I, like, you know, like, there's all these great enriching things that we could be doing to expand ourselves. And he's sitting there reading Women's Home Journal. I mean, like, what did he- I don't know. It, it, it might anyway. be enriching. Have you ever read Maybe. one? How do you well, know it's not enriching? Yeah, I guess I do. What's the uh, one that George was reading? Was it Glamour? Glamour? <laughs> it was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my son treating his body like an amusement park. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. We're going to do some props here. Uh, Tom Brady pass yards. 314 and a half is the over under. Where do you take? Uh, that's interesting. Where are you seeing that one? Uh, I'm going to take the over. Uh no, I meant which uh which book are you seeing that? Oh sorry, uh my book. Yeah. Um I am taking the under that uh that was that opened at actually three nineteen and a half. And <laughs> I I have bet that down. Um and other people have bet it down to where it is now. Um I'm actually trying to middle that prop. Um okay. I bet over two ninety five and a half and under three nineteen and a half. So we'll ooh, see, but that's ooh. a that's a pretty decent yardage spread there. Uh, I like so, that. Yeah. yeah, there are a number of props that uh, early on uh, last week uh, I you know I put out uh, an article at Action Network on like the ones that I'm trying to middle, uh, and that's one of them uh, that I mentioned. Uh, I didn't put that as like an official pick because at Action Network we do have our projection a little bit under the 295, but it's close enough. Um and like I went ahead and middled it before we finally set our projections. But yeah, I'm I would easily go under I don't know what was it three eleven that you said three eleven and a half? Something like No three 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 fourteen and a half. half. I mean I would I would easily yeah. go under that. Okay. Uh piggybacking off of that, Tom Brady touchdowns passing. It's at two and a half, so basically you know, can he get to three? Uh, I would take the under. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'll take the under on that. Wow. I guess this is, you, you know, clearly my opinion on this is so cloudy. I'm taking Brady on the over. Um, it, it could, let's it talk could easily get there, you know, but um, yeah. yeah, I would I would take the under. I guess the, the one thing you could say, though, is if you're projecting the Patriots to get to maybe somewhere in the 30s, that's probably going to be maybe a pair of field goals and 
even if there's four touchdowns, what are the odds that two of those aren't rushing given what we've seen kind of with them trying to establish the run, uh, you know, and some different options with Michelle or Burkhead down by the yeah. line. So uh, yeah, that definitely can go either way, which is why they set it at two and a yeah, half. Yeah. And, and just look, Jared, looking at that line, it, yep. I mean, the, there's more juice on the under there. It's two and a half negative one twenty. Right. right. Which generally that's always the way it is. The, the opposite of what I would like. Um, Jared Goff pass yards, 285 and a half. Um, 285 and a half is not, uh, as horrible as it was when, when they first opened that line. Um, but I would, uh, that's actually right. We have that around 287. Um, I think okay. it, it was around, I, I can't remember where they opened it, but it was, it was higher than that. Um, okay. so anyway, yeah, 285, I think that's about where it should be roughly. Yeah, that's tricky. I think I think that's a stay away. Yeah, it probably is forced to do it. I would take the under. Um, total passing touchdowns for Goff. It is at two for the over under. Uh, I think two is about right. Yeah, I think uh, these Goff ones. As I'm looking at this, I would definitely stay away. I from mean, them. if I'm leaning um, on one direction, it's the under for Goff. But uh, I think two is about right. Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> Jared Goff rush yards eight and a half. <laughs> Um, I would take the under. <laughs> yeah, I would too. All right. Those are, all right. Let's go to, uh, running back props. I think the interesting thing here is going to be to talk about uh, what CJ Anderson can do, but so they have uh Sony Michelle rush yards, 77 and a half. I'm probably going to go the under on that. Sony Michelle. Yeah. Um, his rush yards. Uh, we have that, uh, right at 77 and a half. I mean, a smidge, a wow. smidge under, but, um, yep. yeah. And that's actually one of the ones I believe I've middled that. I believe I'm betting the middle on that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, this one I think is really interesting. Rex Burkhead rush yards at 20 and a half. I'm almost tempted to just toss in some there and take the, uh, take the over. Yeah. I mean, um, we're, <laughs> you're going to hate me saying this, but like, we're right there. I have 22. <laughs> okay um let's see what they have for james white james white rushing yards at 15 and a half yeah james white i would take the over uh on that all right i have to be interpreting this correctly james white pass receptions it can't actually be okay it's at six all right it looked like it was 0.6 Ooh, six receptions for james white you think he goes over that's a lot um i would go under i mean i know that they are using him uh, a lot as a receiving uh, threat and it makes sense, but um, I would go under and looking at this, um, I, it right now it is six plus one ten on the under. Uh, I believe yeah. I've already bet that. Mm. I, I think I've already okay. bet the under on that. That's a, yeah, that's a really, really, really tricky one. Cause it, he's been getting so many receptions that it feels like six isn't that much, but no, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, Todd Gurley rush yards, 67 and a half. Um, is that, that's what they have right now? Yeah, it's what they have right now. Okay. Oh, that is so fascinating. Um, yeah, it's at 105 versus, uh, if you take the under, it's at negative 135. I think that they opened that um, in the 80s. Really? Yeah. So it's it's really gotten bet down. Um, I would still take the under. Um, but, but yep. given how juiced it is to the under, it's probably a stay away for me. Yeah. 
Okay, what about uh, CJ Anderson? He's at 49 and a half. I would take the under pretty easily. Yeah, I can see a lot of um, people wanting to go with the over there, but I, I, yeah, I think I would take the under. Um, let's go to like just I'm like actually, to give some context yeah, on that. Like, um, it's 49 under uh, is 125. Um, we have that right now as um, a bet quality of nine in the props tool in Fantasy Labs. Um, and so like, it's one of our, like, I mean, there are a number of bets that are at nine and 10 and even more at eight, but, uh, in general, like if you just bet on, you know, props that had a bet quality of eight, nine or 10, like you would be up on the year. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's one that I, I believe I've already bet. I mean, I've I've bet on a lot of these and it's like, I kind of don't even (laughs) remember sometimes like which books, which numbers I took, but, uh, I believe i definitely took the under on cj anderson at, at 49 yeah. and a half um, yeah so when when the game will be being played how are you even going to keep track of oh all i, of I like, don't are, are you you're just gonna uh, wait no, yeah i, I don't wait. i mean I, there are there okay. are a few that i will kind of keep track of and and i will because i sort of have my middling spreadsheet those will be the mm-hmm. ones that uh that i look at gotcha okay julian edelman receiving yards 82 and a half you like the over or the under? Uh, let me see here. Um, Man, that's such a good number. Yeah, I think I'm on the under slightly. Um, yeah. 82 and a half. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't bet that. Okay, what about receptions for Edelman? It's at seven. I wouldn't bet that. Yeah, okay. I'm forced to do it. I'm taking the, basically, if it's anything New England, we're just going to go with that. My default here is I'm taking the over. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski pass receptions, four and a half. Uh, four and a half, um, feels like a lot. Um, it does. So I would, I would go under. Uh, yeah, I actually think I would go the under there because I think that if you asked me how many I expect, I'd probably say four. So, yeah. um, and, um, and I would say like people should be sure to shop around for that number. Because there are some books where the over is plus, uh, and actually, I just I should make a note of this because I should uh, write an article on it. <laughs> uh, the there are some books where uh, you can bet over plus and under yep. plus. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, people should should look at that. Okay, uh, Robert Woods receiving yards seventy five and a half. Uh, I think that is about right. Um, I I have shot to I, I'm I'm trying to middle that. I think gotcha. the number that I grabbed was sixty nine uh to eighty one. I think that's nice. where I am. Um I think seventy three ish is kind of where it it should be, somewhere kind of around yep. there. Um but uh yeah. So that's that's one of the ones I'm trying to middle. Okay. Um, Brandon Cooks receiving yards in the revenge game, 73 and a half. Uh, it's, I would take the under, um, but I think that's probably about right. I mean, I should say, like, I think he's going to have either like 50 or 120 yards. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he's not, it's not very likely that he ends up in what is probably kind of like the true median for him because he's just kind of a, a boomer bust guy. Yeah, um, I don't really like any of these receiving props. I don't see myself getting any action on any of these. I mean, okay, the the big one 
um, Josh Reynolds. He he okay. had a massive spread earlier in the week um, between two different books. Uh, and one of them was my bookie. I'm looking at the line that they have now and it's 44 and a half, which is, I think, where it should be. Earlier, there was there was one book that had it at 39 and a half and one book that had it at 51. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm also trying to middle that one. So really trying like middle, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to middle. Yeah. I'm, it's all coming back to me now. I'm trying to middle golf and I'm <laughs> trying to middle the three wide receivers that golf has. This is not going to end well for me. I, I'll just say that now, but, um, well, you've definitely put yourself in a situation where you need a very specific set of circumstances yeah, to play. out. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, so I'm middling a, I, I think I'm officially middling five or six. And I think I really need kind of only one of those to pan out for it basically to break even for me. And, you know, like if two or three of those pan out, then it's just like gravy. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm assuming that Greg Zerline, um, you took the uh, <laughs> Greg Zerline longest field goal made prop. You probably went to over 50 and a half. Uh, I actually haven't bet that um, because, okay. because that is sort of incorporated into the logic of my of my bet on uh mvp you know what i mean like i feel like if he wins mvp he's already hit that right yeah i would agree with that um all right uh let's get to some of the i I should say i did take i did take the over one and a half uh rams filled goals which just feels like free money to me yeah i saw that one too actually i was that that one does uh yeah that one that one looks pretty attractive okay um Let's see. Keller of Tony Romo's tie. What do you think? Uh, I would go blue. I mean, I haven't officially bet it, but I would go blue. Um, be- yeah, blue, I think, is the definite choice there for me. Yeah, and, and like, because it fits this trifecta. It like sort of like represents the Cowboys for him, but then it's also, uh, it's neutral between the two teams because the Rams have blue, the Patriots have blue. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I would bet. Okay. Um, ooh, I like this one. Will Tony Romo's tie be one solid color? I would stay away from that. I have no idea. I'm sure there are people all who right. have gone back through all of the broadcast to see what yep. his uh like tie designs tend to be, but I just I'm not gonna be that person. Yeah, I hear you. Uh final Tony Romo question. Will he be clean shaven? Well, if he makes a mistake like I did, then he will I don't be. think I don't think he's I don't think, I don't he's, think he's gonna, gonna be. be clean shaven. That one seems so subjective though. Uh yeah. That is because like if, if I shave at 6am, I get no credit for having shaved by the time the game would be played. Well, you are such a man. Um, but no, I think, <laughs> I mean, that, I honestly did think about that though. Like I, I could see Romo having the stubble by like, th- this yep. game kicks off at, was it six Eastern? Uh, I think it's, I thought it was a little bit later 6:30 than that, Eastern. Yeah. 630. Yeah, yeah. Like he could, yeah. If he shaves in the morning, he's going to have stubble. So like. They'll have to make a decision. Like if he's going for the clean shaven look, he's going to be shaving at like three or four, you know. Right. Um, but no, I think he's going to have stubble. Yep. Okay. He's not uh, Romo if he doesn't have stubble. <laughs> I mean, I think I would probably go if I had to. Um, I'd go with the with the unshaven look, uh, not not with the not clean look. All right. Must make reference to the game spread. Romo or Nance to mention the spread. No. Uh, and, no. and I, what, what is the number that they have for that? Is it negative 650 or something like that? Uh, yes is plus 250. No is negative 400. Oh, negative 400. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, I would easily say no. Uh, and people should be pounding this because, yeah, they should. uh, CBS is like CBS sports, like their president or their, their chief has said, um, that it's against company policy at this point for them to mention gambling. So like, wow, it's like Romo or Nance would have to be explicitly going against company policy to mention the spread. So like this, this well, is almost as much yeah. of a lock as you can get. You can't put that much money on it. This is almost as much of a lock as if it was Brent Musburger calling the game and you went with yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I used to love just, I, I would love his game just trying to find how he was going to incorporate that in because he is such a degenerate. Yeah. Um, okay. Halftime show, Matt. Did, have you looked at any of these? Maroon 5, I have, I actually have no interest in talking about any of these. Uh, except for will any performer fall down? Yes is plus 700. No is minus 2,000. Um, I haven't bet on that yet because I could see there – I just – I don't know. I kind of don't want to bet on that one. I could see there being some like discrepancy between like what, what if there's a background dancer who like slips or something. Right. You know, I feel like there's just a lot of ways in which I could get screwed by that. Um, I've spent way too much time combing through all of the different liquid options on different sites, trying to see if there was a way I could sort of like arbitrage and lock in profits. <laughs> There's no, but, but, um, but I should say, uh, Todd Gurley, someone asked him on Twitter, um, yep. what is the type of Gatorade that they prefer to use on the Ram sideline? And he said, uh, ice punch or something like that, which is clear. So like, Ooh. you know, I mean, take that for what it's worth. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed that they are going to have that on the sideline. It doesn't mean that, you know, that's going to be what right. is in the Gatorade bucket that they grab. It doesn't mean they're going to win. So, you know, like there are all these different contingencies. So like, I almost wish I didn't know that. Like I'm still like, I'm mm. not going to bet based on that information. Um, Cause I still so don't really, think it's enough of an edge. What we need to do is become, I don't know who's in charge of that, the equipment manager and whatnot for a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. And then we have a chance to make a large profit. Yeah. I mean, not that large. You can never get down all that much <laughs> money on the Gatorade shower, you know? Well, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, player on the Rams has scored the first touchdown. Man, I, I have no idea. Greg Zerline. I'm going Robert Woods. <laughs> Robert Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- Robert Woods. Uh, I think that's, I think Robert Woods, is, I mean, it's fair. I, what, what's the number on that? Uh, so they have Gurley at plus 225, Wood is plus 300, so is Cooks. Actually, so is C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think all of them are, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, player to score the first uh, Patriots touchdown. I'm going Rex Burkhead. <laughs> I I mean, honestly, I have no idea. Like, those are so random yeah. to me. Like, um, <laughs> I hate betting on, like, the first the first of anything, things like that. Cause I just, I feel like it's so random. Actually, I should say I did bet on the first coach's challenge to be unsuccessful. Um, and okay. I bet that at plus odds. Um, Belichick has around a, uh, I think like a 41, 42% success rate on challenges. And McVeigh has like around the same number of success rate on challenges. Um, so mm. like, I, I mean, it's one, there's a good chance we don't even see a challenge in this game. But two, if we do see a challenge, like their historical rates suggest that like there's a pretty decent chance is not going to be successful. So to get positive odds on that, I was happy with that. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, the race to 15 points, uh, who gets there first? Um, 
Patriots, Rams, or neither. I mean, come on, that's not going to happen. What uh, What are the odds? Uh, the Pats, it's at minus 120. Rams are at minus 105. Neither is at plus 4,000. <laughs> oh, man. I, I probably want to bet on that. I mean, yeah. I just, ah. I, I have no, I have no solid way of being able to gauge that. Yeah, that one's, that one's really tough. All right. What about this one? Highest scoring quarter? Uh, I would probably go with fourth. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Um, they have the first is at plus 550. Then the fourth is at plus 225. The third plus 375. Second quarter plus 140. That's interesting. Um, I'm, I, did, are you aware of any other fun ones that you want to mention before I throw the final couple at you here? Uh, throw throw a couple more at me and I'll think about it. Okay, uh, coin will land heads or tails. Oh, there's no get, get that out of here. Um, <laughs> heads, man, heads. Patriots always go heads. That although, yeah. So okay, here's one. Um, will Donald Trump attend the game? And I don't, I don't know uh, exactly how many books this is at but it's at enough of them and i think there's no way he's going to this game yeah i would agree with that you can bet no i mean you have to lay you know it's it's negative 650 to say no um but uh, i think that is pretty close to a lock for a couple of reasons uh like a, a president a sitting president has never gone to the super bowl uh not that that precedent necessarily means much for trump um, you know, because he is unconventional, but um, like logistically, like the security for that of putting the president yeah. in the middle of thousands of people, like that is something that has to be planned far in advance. I think it would have been hard to plan that uh, during the the shutdown. And also, right. um, I think it could be bad optics for him to travel to Atlanta to watch a football game while like there's still serious negotiating for the long-term budget that needs to be done in Washington, DC. Um, and that doesn't take into account like when uh, vice president Mike Pence went to Super Bowl 51 in Houston, like he was booed pretty heavily in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I don't know if Trump would want to put himself in the middle of thousands of people who could uh, voice their displeasure with him in a very public forum um, on live television, you know, like that's, yeah, that that's doesn't... something I imagine he would want to avoid. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think that's probably one that you're going to want to, uh, to go with the, no, he will not. Uh, and, and see, Matt, you can talk about more than just sports right, there. Right. So anyway, uh, but I'm, st- I'm sticking to sports. Like for me, this is like, it has nothing to do with like whatever your political leanings are. Like, this is just like right. a probabilistic bet of like, do oh, I think, absolutely. Yeah, do I think a dude is going to show up at a certain place in time? No, I don't think he's going to show up. Well, I was just alluding to one time you had mentioned that basically you're you're useless at communicating with other human beings about things. Oh, well, points, yeah. But I don't know if that's no, true. Yeah. Um, will Donald Trump be mentioned during halftime? Uh, I would bet no. Yeah, I think that I would probably go with the no um, as well. And this one I don't get. I don't know if you're hipper than I am and maybe you would get the connection here. Will Kylie Jenner appear on stage? Uh, it's a hard no for me. Um, but I, I think she's like dating, is it big boy or she's dating one of the performers? No, she can't be dating big boy. He's so much older. Uh, she's dating someone who's one of the performers. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm imagining like, I, or I think I heard that on yeah. a podcast or I read it somewhere. So like, there's like a okay. legit reason why they would have that. But, uh, I think, no, she's not. And like, what are the odds on that? Like minus 1000, minus 2000. 
Oh, I already I already moved along. Hold on, let me go back because now I'm I curious. Mean, I, I think it's um, I think it's all right. Very... So yes is plus one thousand. No is minus two thousand five hundred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, one of the <laughs> one of the best props, and I'm I'm so upset at myself for not just snap betting it. Um, yeah. was um, the national anthem. Um, Gladys Knight. Will she use a microphone or a headset? And oh, of course it's a microphone. And like I was like, oh, of course it's a microphone. And it was like very. It was like I think it was like minus. Yeah, it was minus one twenty, minus one twenty. And I was like, oh, that's that's a bad line. And literally in the amount of time it took me to, and it didn't take me this long, but like to go back and just kind of like see, like look at Gladys Knight. Okay, she's never worn a headset. Uh, like, or, you know, and what I've seen on YouTube, she's using a microphone and then looked at, uh, you know, like three or four, uh, national anthems in the past, no headset, um, you know, microphone. I go back and it's like minus a thousand. And it's like, wait, can I, and actually even beyond, well, yeah, I mean, there's really not much of a need for a headset too. Normally people, when they're performing, only use the headset if there's a reason, you know, there's some type of audio that needs to come in or they need to block things out. So yeah, that doesn't make yeah. much sense. So I just, I wish I would have bet it and then just mm. not done research. You know, I wish I would have just shot. Yeah. But, uh, I missed my shot. Yep. Will Gladys forget a word? No. She, I have a, to assume She's no. a total professional. I, I bet right. no on that. <laughs> like I, I've already bet that the the odds okay. have moved on that too because so many people I think have bet no or enough people probably yeah then um on the length of the time brave wow they put it at four and a half seconds yeah that one could definitely take some research that that one seems tough yeah I would uh I would go under I haven't bet it um but I would go under on that. Okay, uh, final prop that I'm gonna throw at you here. Uh, well. What will Gladys be wearing for the anthem? Skirt slash dress at minus 160 or pants, shorts, and leggings at plus 120? Um, I've tried to research this, um, but I don't feel totally <laughs> confident. I, I think it's going to be a dress. Oh, I really hope that when your wife gets home from work, she just comes into you just staring at uh, all these pictures of Gladys Knight trying to decipher what she's wearing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I don't think that would be a problem. I mean, like yeah. it'd be like, oh, it's- this is my husband doing random research as he normally does. You know, so yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's totally in keeping. All right. Final question for you about the Super Bowl before we close up for the night. What do you have planned, uh, that you're going to eat? Do you have any big snacks planned? Uh, so I'm, I'm flying to Texas, uh, and I'm going to be watching the game with my parents, um, which sounds very random, but, uh, my sister will be in town. So, uh, I, you know, we'll want the opportunity to see her. And that's kind of why I'm going back. But my mom, gotcha. uh, wanted me to go back to Texas to watch the game, um, because she was hoping when all this was booked that the Cowboys and none of this was stated, Ooh. but she was hoping the Cowboys would be in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, so <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I will eat whatever it is that my mom decides to make. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. that for me, like it, it's totally out of my hands. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I, um, a coworker brought in a sample of this Buffalo chicken dip, um, last week 
And this thing was incredible. So I'm going to try to recreate it for the game. And then um haven't decided if I'm going to stay home or go over to uh, my father-in-law's. But uh, my mother-in-law, oh man, she can make some really, really good stuff. So I'm assuming that no matter what happens, I will have some good food. Yeah, I think go go be with someone else. You know what I mean? If there's someone else who is rooting for the team you're rooting for and you can be around yeah. them and eat food, I think that's probably the the winning option. Yeah, I, I think I'll, uh, yeah, I think that'll probably be what I do. Anyway, though, that will wrap up our pre Super Bowl episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm possibly going to be extremely useless, uh, but we'll see how it goes. That's going to do it for today's episode. Once again, I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Cabin FF. My co host was Matthew Friedman, who you can follow at Matt F. The Oracle. This has been Rotoviz Radio. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and be sure to tune in next week. And remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please rate, review, and contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the listener homepage at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.